All right, folks, welcome back to Call and Shots. Uh, went a day later than I promised this week uh, with uh, returning guest uh, Raheem Palmer from, from The Ringer. Uh, Raheem, what's going on? Life is good. I mean, we just, I'm, ex- I'm excited for the upcoming NFL season. I'm really hyped for the next NBA season because, you know, there's a lot of changes and everything like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. So I guess this is not a football show. I am not a football expert, though I occasionally play one professionally. Um, you know what? What are you? What are you? Uh, what are you expected out of this football season? Like who? Who is? Who is your team or guy to watch? Uh, for someone who, who no longer plays fantasy, thankfully. <laughs> um, I'm excited about the the Chargers and the Ravens. I think both of those teams have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens, they're going to have a, a huge bounce back se- season, so I'm excited about them. And then the Chargers, I mean, you got Justin Herbert and you have an aggressive coach in Brandon Staley who, who is going to go for it on fourth down. So as long as they have variance in their favor, I, I think this is the year where they make the step up. And, uh, you know, we're, we're like, n- without even running the numbers, we are pro going forward on fourth down on this podcast, just like we are pro, t- you need a three here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, by the way, that was I would like before we get into the, the basketball stuff. Did you watch any of TBT? Um, I haven't. I didn't get a chance to watch much of it. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, yeah. normally I watch it just because I love the Elon yeah. ending, but this year I just was super busy. No, I was just like, like the, I wasn't gonna like the, not the play or anything. Like that. I was just blown away by the fact that once we got to the Elam ending, Fran Fraschilla was like, "Yep, they need nothing but threes here." And for anyone, like, wait. oh yeah, matter of fact, I did. Ca- I actually caught that game. I caught one of the games where he said that, and I think they were like down nine. They was like, look, you can't, you can't risk going for two. Like, so yeah, like I was, I was shocked to see that because normally you're watching. Who are you? And yeah, they're like go for a quick two, and it's just like yo, the quick two never has helped anyone. Yeah, I, I like. I don't like just adding, make, making it to a target. I guess makes it even more obvious how bad the quick two is. But anyway. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, we mainly wanted to have you on to talk, uh, you know, um, NBA, like, I guess, NBA player movement, NBA coach movement, NBA, uh, you know, team reordering, I guess. So let's get to that. Any, what are your big picture takeaways from sort of what we've seen this offseason and how that's kind of been expressed in, in kind of the gambling markets? Well, I think, I mean, when you look at the biggest – takeaway from the offseason right now is that this like the league is on hold due to the Kevin Durant um, trade request and I mean obviously when you look at the Brooklyn Nets they've been consistently overvalued in the market for quite some time until that trade request Um, and I mean before I mean I think before this they were they were like second or third favorites and now they're like six favorites I think they're 1500 um plus 1500 now so it's just like that's kind of holding up the league i mean obviously kevin durant said he wanted to go to phoenix so it's just to me i think phoenix has kind of reached their peak as far as where as far as they can go with this team i love chris paul but he is aging and he tends to he, he tends to be like the antithesis of tom brady in terms of being able to run well um it's always an injury it's always something that goes wrong so i mean Right now, when you look at the Suns, they're ten to one. Uh, I think that's honestly they they should be a little higher, but it's just there's a chance that they could trade for Kevin Durant. So I think that's the big takeaway that we're still waiting on that. <laughs> also, the, the the vibes in Phoenix can't be super awesome 
right now with bo- between how their season ended and then like the the very messy way in which the DeAndre Ayton saga kind of played out. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, when you look at DeAndre Ayton, I mean, they didn't give him the max, and then they had to match his contract. And I think guys tend to hold that against the organization. And then when you get benched in the game seven early on. It, it just almost feels like him and Monty don't really get along. So I just don't – I mean, they get Dario Saric back. Obviously, they re-sign Bismack Yako. They lose JaVel McGee. But it's just like I just don't – I think the Suns have reached their peak. And I think the right now the, the Boston Celtics are probably the rightful favorite with the moves that they've made, adding Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari. But it's just like I, I, I think them and the Bucks are – I mean – they're going to battle it out for the East. Sure. No, the, the Nets are an interesting one because it seems like whatever the this is a, this is an odd situation because it's like whatever like the median you 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 like you sort of place the the number at it's either way too high or way too low almost depending on how like you know because they're so, they're they're the team that has like you know by a wide margin the largest roster uncertainty remaining. I guess the the, the, the relevant team like like Utah is you know. They're they're not going to win the title this year, but their 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 win total might be might be kind of in flux due to the, the Donovan Mitchell rumors. But like the Nets are either like you know they they kind of keep Durant, make smart moves around him, and then like that's way too low on them, or they they trade Durant and go another direction. That's and that like like fifteen hundred is way too is 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 way too you know it, it's not enough to to want to it, it would seem to me. Yeah, I mean, their win total was at 45 and a half. You know, honestly, I think at this point, I'm almost inclined to take the 1500 on Nets because, to me, I, I think you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie Irving. You know, you put those two together. They're scoring 1.2 points per possession almost every time up the floor. Then you add Ben Simmons, you get T.J. Warren in the mix. I, I, I just don't see how this is the team that – I know Kevin Durant wanted a trade request, but you got four years. He has four years left on his contract. I mean, for me, I'm running this thing back. So it's just like it's it's kind of it's, – it's just weird to me. It's just a real strange thing. I think the one team I really want to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies. I think okay. they're a team right. that has really taken a step back, and I think you're even seeing that within the betting markets right now. I think they're 24-1 to 1 to win the NBA title. I mean, for a team that was the second seed last year – Obviously, you lose you lose slow mo. You lose the Anthony Melton. Jaron Jackson Jr. is out for months after surgery. So I mean, and then even when you look at their half court offense last year, they really struggled to score in the half court. It was all transition, all, re, all offensive rebound stuff. So they're a team actually looking to fade on the win total. Um, I think they go under this year. Is that maybe like from a from a uh, you know a title odds perspective? Is that maybe a little bit of an overreaction? At, at like you know at like Jackson being hurt start of the year? Does how much like sure that maybe gives them a slightly tougher road in the playoffs? But I wonder how much like I I, I really like the Anthony Melton. I, I like Kyle Anderson pretty well as players, but you know especially for a team as deep as Memphis, who won't I don't think have a ton of trouble filling those minutes. It does seem like a, like a little bit of an overreaction to be like, no, that was the best we were going to see from them for a while. I mean, I think they overperformed last year a little bit. Okay. Like, I think that's that's the biggest – I mean, like, I don't think that they're going to be a bad team, but it's just like I think the second seed is kind of out of the question, especially when you have 
like you have the Clippers emerging. Um, you have the Nuggets who should be healthy this year. You have the Pelicans or who are, who are back. So to me, I just think asking them to win fifty six games and be the second seed in the West that's a little that's a little much for me. That makes sense. Um, is there like I, I, I guess sort of piggybacking off that? Is there any player that 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 has that it, it, it either surprised you or is it might surprise sort of people who don't follow this closely that like, okay, this player changing teams or this group of players changing teams either hurt a team or helped a team sort of more than, than like kind of their public rep might suggest? Um, I don't know if it's more <laughs> than a public rep might suggest, but I think the Rudy Gobert trade has the potential to really, truly impact the West. And not in the playoffs, but in the regular season. Like, I'm really, I'm really high on the Timberwolves in the regular season. Like, to me, I think you could go over their win, like their over, their win total is 47 and a half. Right now, I think you can go over that safely. I think they win 50 games or so. And I also think that has a drastic impact on the Most Improved Player Award. So, if you look at the history of the Most Improved Player Award, it's typically over the last 10, 11 years, it's the player who goes from a good player to an all-star. And that has Anthony Edwards written all over it. I actually gave this out at the ringer about a month ago at 12 to one. It's down to 10 to one. Now Anthony Edwards, the win most improved player, because I think Gobert is going to go to that team and prove that defense enough to where they're winning over 50 games and Anthony Edwards is going to get a lot of the credit. I think he averaged 25 points in the playoffs last year. So in the regular season, he was up to 22. So if he averages 25, 26 points per game, and they won 50 games, he's the most improved player. Well, okay. Like he's like I like I, I'm gonna nitpick there. It's like like he 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 he. You're probably right that he wins the award. I think it's kind of it's kind of silly that the uh, first overall pick in there, <laughs> you know, in their yeah, third year. Yeah, it is it's definitely silly. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, he's oh he's he the, he he's on schedule, so therefore he's most improved. It's like, oh, all right, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily like the fact that I mean, like John Morant won most improved player last year, and he was already good. I mean, right. so it's just like it's kind of like we've just we've changed. Like if you look at, I say two thousand and four, two thousand three, you had guys like Zach Randolph and, and Boris Dia and Monte Ellis. You did, like you had guys who were like emerging from. Nothing it was it was more of a hipster award. It was much yeah. more of a hipster award, and now it's like, and now it's play the hits. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 so basically, what I'm saying is, I liked, I liked that out, I liked that award before it sold out and went pop. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> sure. So, so you think you, 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 you? I mean, you said earlier that that you're you're basically Bucks, Celtics. Uh, I mean, you got to Warriors. Um, is that sort of the the triumvirate? Are there other teams that sort of you think fit in the in the you know like uh, I know. Uh, our, our, our mutual friend Matt Moore has 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 borrowed my idea and started uh, tiering teams. Um, no, I can't take credit for that. But no, but I mean, is is that if like from from your perspective and like are, is that basically where the markets are too? Is is those are kind of that's the inner circle, or is it a little more, a little less than that? It's, it's, a, it's a little bit more than that. I think the Clippers okay. are in that tier. Okay. Um, I've been like really high on the Clippers. I've, I've 
I've given out the Clippers to win the title and to win the West so much. Um, and obviously, I mean, I think they're very, they're very, very similar to the Celtics with all their wing players. They're seven to one, and you get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I think you have a coach in, in Ty Lue who I, I think is one of the best in terms of making adjustments in the, in the postseason. Oh, top, so top three coach in the league, I think, is fair. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, I think that's the tier right now. I mean, as far as the the top teams in the league, um, I, I'm not that crazy about the Sixers, but I, I think they're probably a step below that. Um, and if obviously if the Nets decide to keep KD and, and Kyrie, I think – they're probably in that. The, the Nets are probably like one B, <laughs> like almost a step a step above the Sixers, <laughs> but probably a step below the, the the Celtics. So let me ask you, like, like I, I see exactly why like the Clippers are there, um, but there's you know there are obviously there's some concerns. My question is, how come the Nuggets aren't getting talked about the same way as the Clippers? That's a good question. I actually think they probably should. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously there are some question marks around. I think they have more. I mean, look, the Clippers really just have question marks around Kawhi, whereas just the Nuggets have kind of question marks around Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And I think people are assuming that Kawhi is going to come back and be healthy and probably not making the same assumptions for the Nuggets. But the Nuggets should probably definitely be in that tier as well. Uh, though I, I mean, I guess the like the the Nuggets could sort of survive Murray coming back and being pretty good, as long as Jokic kind of stays at at an MVP ish level. Whereas the Clippers need Kawhi to come back and be like Raptors Kawhi. Yeah, so it's just, it's, and and like I do have you know I we have some slight questions about like. Uh, you know, certain aspects like is 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 uh, the Clippers point like at, at sort of the top and bottom of the positional spectrum is their point guard and center play going to be? You know, there's some matchups where that probably doesn't matter, but there are matchups, and you know they, they um, you know, and that's both in sort of traditional lineups and you know Marcus Morris and, and Nick Batum aren't young, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm nitpicking, but if we're talking about like championship level. Like I, I can, I, you know, I can find questions to ask about the Clippers just like you're doing about the Nuggets, I guess. So I don't know if I, yeah. I don't know if this is me trying to tear the Clippers down and I love the Clippers chances or just trying to, you know, what about Denver? Because again, we saw it for like two weeks, but after they traded for Aaron Gordon, they were the best team in the NBA before Murray yeah. got hurt. And then honestly, I mean, they made some great additions this offseason, like even adding Brown. KCP. Yeah. Like adding... KCP and Bruce Brown, I, I think that solves a lot of their issues. I mean, they were playing Compazzo major, major minutes last year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, honestly, I think that's like, as we talk through this now, I think that 21 to 1 is way too low. Like, to me, they're a better team than the Sixers. They're a better team than the Heat. Now, obviously, they're in a, probably a tougher conference, but yeah, like, I, I think that's way too low as we talk through this. So, a team that you that you talked about that that I'm wondering if people are a little too high on is the Pelicans. You know, Matt said this because it's just like it feels like everybody is on it, and it seems too obvious. Yeah, and, it, it also seems like a little too much of the sort of they had the noble defeat last year, and that's raised their sort of raised their profile. Yeah, I mean, but I think also after the break they 
they performed really. I think what were they after the break? They had like the they were a top ten defense after the break. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then you add, and then you know Matt pointed this out to me. Um, Matt Moore, my former yeah. colleague at the Action Network, it's just like we kind of overstate what happens after the break as if it's not a small sample size. It's only like twenty three games, so I think people saw that, and I mean, and people are looking like if you add Zion to the mix, it just automatically pushes them over the top. Although that that does call into question, uh, oh, they were a top ten defense after the break, and then you add Zion. It's like, well, okay, by, by just based on everything we've seen thus far in his career, that you you probably don't have a top ten defense with Zion. But you know, maybe the offense is good enough to to compensate for that. But it's still, it's like you, it, there's a little bit of pick and choose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now it's just I think. Their real plus defenders are Herb Jones and maybe Alvarado. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, I mean, it's 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 tough. It's, it's tough to know what you're going to get. But I do think I, I, you could have safely gone over one. Oops, sorry, I cut out there for a second, but I, I think I think I caught the gist of what of, of, of what you're saying. Um, yeah, is it like is there any team that like we haven't like wh- what's a team that you think you know who might you might jump up and surprise some people? Like I think the the, the Hornets may have been like that kind of, and it didn't really didn't totally happen for them, but it felt like last year that was kind of uh, you know it might be sneaky good. Um, do you have any like they might be sneaky good kind of? Uh, kind of ideas coming into this season? There's a part of me that thinks the Sacramento Kings are kind of being undervalued. Oh, okay. I'm I'm here for this. You have my attention. <laughs> like, their win total is like 31 and a half. And it's like when, no, actually, damn, it's actually went up. So I think people are catching on. Like, it, but it opened at 31 and a half. And to me, when you looked at them last year, they won 30 games, and they had a ton of injuries. You add Sabonis. Um, you, you have Fox for a full season. Obviously, you trade Halliburton, but, I mean, you get Herter, you get Monk, you get Keegan Murray, who was, like, the oldest player in the draft. And a lot of times when you bring in an older player from the draft, they're, they're NBA ready already. So, I mean, I don't know if Harrison Barnes is going to be there, but this seems like a team who wants the challenge for the playoffs. And I don't know if they're necessarily a playoff team, but with the play-in tournament, I think they're going to be going for it. So I, I just think this is a team that's that's truly undervalued and should be better than what people think they should be. I, I I'm I'm almost certain I'm wrong about this, but the team where like my answer is it's interesting you brought up Keegan Murray because. Um, I didn't love that draft pick because uh, I, I thought um, Jaden Ivey was my favorite player in this draft. And so I've kind of been like, you know, Detroit might be frisky this year. I don't like, and maybe, maybe I'm, uh, you know, maybe I, maybe that's too much Cade Kool-Aid, but I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like, like the, the Jeremy Grant, it was that much of a loss and, you know, at, at adding more good young players and, you know, Cade second year with the training camp, maybe some, some better talent, maybe some finally get some shooting around him. Like, I, I, I don't know. They, like, are they going to be good, good? No. Could, are they going to be fun, competitive, and, and surprising? Like, I, that, you know, 
Maybe I'm confusing me watching them on League Pass with them winning games. That, that, that could be the, the trap I'm falling into, me planning on watching them on League Pass. But you know what? They were frisky last year. They were, like, I mean, at least, I mean, but a lot, a lot of times you have to take the NBA during the second half of the year with a grain of salt. All right. But they, but they were a tough team to, to beat on any given night. I mean, during the second half of the year. And I, I think Kate has shown that he's a, he's a, he's an issue. You know what I mean? So, and I, I love Sadiq Bay. And then even Mar- Marvin Bagley, I mean, he, he was productive for them. So, I think you add Jaden Ivey to the mix. I, I think this is going to be a young, fun team. I just – I don't know if there's any value as far as the win total because I sure. think a lot of people think that. So, it, like, the, the, this is this – is, I'm, I'm not a hipster on this. I'm not, a, I'm not, uh, I'm not as counterculture on this as, as I like to think myself. Um, what about, like um, – I, I mean, we'll probably end up touching on most of the league here, but, like, two of the teams that um, – that were like were kind of surprising last year were the Bulls and Cavs. Like what it, what are you seeing? What are you expecting out of them this year? Are the are the Cavs a team that could that be sort of faded with injuries down the stretch? There's a little bit of of people kind of forgot that they were you know when they were healthy, like basically until Ricky Rubio got hurt, they were they were pretty good, and they were still they like they yeah, battled they, after that, but they dropped off. I think the Cavs are being like severely undervalued. Like, I, I can't believe that their win total was only 41 and a half games. Um, when you look at them last year, I mean, they had a top 10 defense, probably top five defense until, until they started getting injuries. And, I mean, you bring back the same guys this year. And to, to me, I just I, – I think they should challenge for a playoff spot once again. Um, I mean, and you get Sexton back. I mean, I, I don't know if Sexton is – that impactful, but he does give them another ball handler who can score. I love Darius Garland. I think 41 and a half is way too low. Um, when it comes to the Bulls, the Bulls are always interesting to me. I mean, I've never really been the biggest DeMar DeRozan fan, but I think he kind of proved me wrong last year. But the way I look at the Bulls, I kind of look at them the same way I look at the 2014 to the 2018 Toronto Raptors. They're going to be a great regular season team. They're going to be able to score – um, and they, they were a team who had a ton of injuries last year. Um, Lonzo Ball and I threw out for a ton of time. I think Lonzo, I mean, at this point, he's become an injury prone. But I think they can be a summer season team. They're making any noise in the postseason, to be honest. I did like the move to add Andre Drummond, though. I, I like that. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's, he's, it's, it's interesting, like, I think he actually might be a better fit for the rest of the roster than, than than like I don't think I don't think he's a you know better worse player or whatever but I don't think he's I don't think he's overall maybe as good as Vucevic but I think for a team that has you know you know he he's not like an all defensive level player or anything like that but just in terms of like can to play alongside of you know as much sort of wing talent as as, as and and backcourt talent as they're going to put out there I, I I sort of feel like Drummond is a better fit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, uh, so the, te- the a team I might be like sort of lowest on relative to everything else is Dallas. I agree um, with that. <laughs> I would love I, to hear your reasons why, though. Um, you know, I think I think there was. Uh, 
I think that we like. I think you know this is there's a little bit of the same thing that that with you know with uh, with the Pelicans last year. Like I think their performance against the Suns probably uh, is giving them a part of the bump. I think that certainly like uh, um, you know based on this the, like both the Dallas series and then kind of how Dallas was sort of pretty much food for Golden State. I like I feel like. That like those results were almost more of a reflection on like Phoenix kind of I don't want to say crumbling but like not I'll say crumbling like Phoenix like breaking down like heading into the postseason last year and so them getting to the conference finals after beating you know a a, a sort of a diminished Suns team I think maybe has lost some of its luster so I think that that that. Like their their level of achievement last year is probably overstated, and then on top of that, like they from a talent standpoint, they got worse. Like I just don't like that's not, I, I it's, it's kind of not arguable. Like I like I think I'm I'm not the biggest Jalen Brunson fan, but Jalen Brunson was and would be this year their second best player. Yeah, and and they have a they have a uh, for a team where like one of the longstanding needs is sort of reducing the game by game, quarter by quarter, possession by possession burden on Luka Doncic. They've gone I the other way basically. Yeah. So that's I, that's I feel, So go ahead. I feel like I'm watching this is just the heart never rockets once again. And I feel like I've seen this movie before. It's like you have this one star who plays this helocentric brand of basketball, and everybody stands around and shoots. And at some point in time, that player tends to gas out. And, I mean, I like the addition of Christian Wood, but I I just don't know how much of an impact it's it's truly going to make when you don't have too many ball handlers and creators on that team. Like, right now the second best ball handler on the team might be Jaden Harvey. And he, Harvey, he's a rookie. And, I mean, you watched him in summer league and he was turning the ball over a ton. And I mean, Tim Hardaway, he, he needs to come back healthy. Um, we don't know like where he's going to stand at. So it's just like, this team has a ton of questions. I mean, obviously they do have Spencer, Bill, but it's just like, they don't have a, t- a ton of creators. So it's just, I think they're a good regular season team that I don't see making noise. And I think, Luca is probably under like overvalued to win MVP because it's just I, I, are- based on the level of team success. Like the fact that they that that they're going to like from a record standpoint, they are going to quote unquote disappoint. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think I also think like like the the analogy you made is I like you understand why you make it. I sort of feel like that's that's selling the talent on those Rockets teams short. Yeah, like. You know, like Eric, like you know, the Eric Gordon that those teams had, the the, the Clint Capella that those teams had, um, the PJ Tucker that those teams had, like those would all be in the top three, two, three, four guys. Maybe not Tucker, not the second best guy, but those would be all in like the, you know, th- those guys would all comfortably start on this on this Dallas team and and be an upgrade. Yeah, but I mean, even if you look at like some of the early, there were earlier versions of those Rockets teams too. So there were yeah. Well, Chandler, what, Chandler Parsons before he fell apart would 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 would, would probably <laughs> that is true would probably be the second best player on this Mavericks team. Ironically, yeah. but yeah, 
Um, so I, you know, I think, I think that's where, and, and frankly, I think the league is more competitive now too. So like they're talent wise, they're worse and their opponents are better. And that's like their, their second best player is Dorian Finney Smith. I, I love Dorian Finney Smith, but what are you if he's your second best player? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love him too, but yeah, he's not, he, he can't be your number two. Like, you know, it's, there's not, there is not a great track record of success for star and elite ro- and role players only. They're just like, you know, there, I think we sort of saw the, the maxed out version of that in like the, you know, the, the first Cavs team that made the finals. And, you know, that was with LeBron, you know, top three player of all time in a weaker league, in a weaker, in a weak conference, in a weaker league. Yeah. And I just, I just don't think you can do that now. I, I totally agree. I mean, that was an era where a lot of teams were tanking too. <laughs> so, yeah. And you know, that was you know, you, you talked earlier about the you know the West being, West being being stronger. Like, I, I feel like the conferences are about as balanced at the top as they have been in a while now. Like, you look at like there's you start to go down the list of East teams that are okay. That's a playoff team. That's a playoff team. You get to like, you get to more than six pretty easily in both conferences. I feel for like. Ah, that should be a playoff team when realizing that only like six of only 12 of these, like, I don't know, you probably end up with 15, 16, 17 teams. Only 12 of them like are automatically in. Yeah. You know, the one team I'm, I'm struggling with how to approach is the Atlanta Hawks. Like I would love to hear. Ooh, that's, good one. that's a, a I, hmm, yeah. Um, I sort of feel like all the, like, I'm like, so it's it, it, there's a little bit of of hearing the criticism lobbed at the Timberwolves for how much they traded for Gobert. I almost want to do like the LeBron meme towards the Hawks and and Dejounte Murray. <laughs> like, okay, they gave, but Gobert's a top twenty player. Like, you give up all that. Like, okay, you got to like Dejounte Murray's good, but is he the fortieth best player in the league? I think that's optimistic. Yeah, like I think I think he I think he, like adding him improves them, I think. But but it does so incrementally, it does so marginally. I don't think it's a it's a massive shift in the same way. Like the Timberwolves are going. I had John Krasinski from the Athletic on. I don't know. Time has no meaning during the offseason. But I think it was last week, and it's like you know you have a, you have if Rudy is healthy, you have a top ten defense. Like for for a Hawks team that would like to have a pretty good defense, like you know. Dejounte Murray doesn't do that, <laughs> and, and I don't know if he's particularly complimentary to to how they otherwise want to play. I mean, he's a talent upgrade, but it, it's like you know, he and he and Trey obviously have a great personal relationship. I wonder about how the basketball relationship will work. Yeah, I think that that was my struggle with them. It's just like how much is is Trey going to play off the ball? How does that work? It's just. To me, there's more questions than answers for me right now, um, and like like you said, I don't see how this truly puts them over the top for what they gave up. I think I think they're gonna like they're gonna be good. They're certainly gonna be entertaining, but they still have, um, you know, they they also have some some you know they 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 did some to sort of remove some of their positional logjam on the wing with the herder trade, but like. Like the 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 Capella Collins Okongwu situation, if they're not going to ever play Capella and Okongwu together, like that, I don't know that that seems wasteful. Um, Collins himself, like this, Collins is one of the the more interesting players in the league. Like, what do you think of John Collins? 
Honestly, I don't know. Like, I, like, I, I struggle right. with it. Like, and it just seems like they want to trade him every year, and then it never happens. Well, I mean, because it's hard to trade him because it's hard to, you know, on one level, he's good. On the other level, is he good enough at what he does to play the role that his contract demands that he would have to play on a, on a, on a top-level team? And it just, I like, you know, I don't know. It's 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 very like yeah. this is this is there's 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 pretty strong historical precedent for this too. Like the guy who is like he's too good to be a six man, but he's not good enough to not be a six man. Mm. Like and that, that that sounds completely, you know. Is that I, like, I know that sounds like, that like a logical impossibility, but. So David Lee, like like the the archetype, and this is you know in in the the player who took in my book, the player who took took this like is like Carlos Boozer. Yeah, like you know that guy who's who's you know he he he's gonna put up he's gonna put up numbers in the early, like like Vucevic is maybe a little bit like this too, like and maybe you know we're identifying kind of good offensive, questionably defensive bigs as sort of this archetype, and I think in the modern NBA, I think that's a reasonable. But you, but if you're if you're like you're good enough at that like are you, somewhere between you're too good or someone's going to pay you as if you were too much to actually play the role that you probably be, be you'd be best suited to playing on a good team on like a contention level team and at the same time though I I sort of feel like there's more there with John Collins that we haven't seen yet yeah I, I wonder how much is that. I mean, because Trey has the ball a lot. Yeah. And, and it, I don't know if they've ever had really the best chemistry. Um, I mean, you know, based on sort of reporting on a they, – they haven't always been, like, the best of buddies. Like, like Colin seems like the, like the guy who's, who's most willing to be like, yeah, we need, to do, we need to be better. We need to, you know, compete more on defense. We need to, we need to have more – like, all the – like, he's basically verbalizing – uh, in in you know in in post games, verbalizing it like without directing them necessarily, but verbalizing a lot of the criticisms that people have had of Trey. Yeah, and you and, know, and the, and the Hawks overall when they kind of take on some of that personality. Mm. So yeah, so you know, having having had me uh, filibuster about that, like so, where like where where do you like where where are you on them? Just like knowing that they're they're a hard team to peg, like. Where do you, you know, where do you see them? Because they're, they're, they're a team that almost, you know, I, I just was going to ask you a question. Now here I go again. But, but like, I, they, they almost seem like a team that might be a better playoff than regular season team. Am I crazy? Um, I think you're kind of crazy. Okay. Just because I, I don't know. Look, I mean, when you look at this team the last couple of years, they've been a top five offense and they struggled on defense. And I don't know if the moves that they made have really changed that. So my thinking is, is they're, they've still, like, for, for, you know, the entirety of kind of the of this era of the team, their night-to-night consistency has been, and I think a part of that is because, you know, they, they you know, the, I, I think Trey's style is a little bit high variance mm-hmm. um, offensively, and their defense is, you know, indifferent most of the time. So night to night, they're a little inconsistent, but in a playoff setting, they kind of have like a lot of, we got the best guy equity and, and just like, Hey, 
Trey just had it going tonight. What are you going to do? Like they, they have a, a four teams of kind of their level. They seem to have more of that than just about anybody else. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess, yes and no. Yeah. Like I, I really just think they, I mean, like to me, their playoff run was like reminiscent of some of the playoff runs that we've seen from the Blazers where guys got hurt. I mean, at least in, I mean, the Bucks series, um, Giannis was hurt in the series before that when he beat the Sixers. The Sixers just kind of just beat themselves, in my opinion. Like, Tobias yeah. and Ben just didn't show up. So I just, to me, I, I, I don't know if I see a lot there. Yeah. I just think this team is kind of just, they've jumped the gun in terms of their building process. Um, they, they probably would have traded Collins if they didn't make that run. If they don't right. beat the Sixers, Collins is probably gone, and they're probably building properly. And now they're just in go for it mode, and they're kind of just stuck in that NBA purgatory of mediocrity. And that's kind of how I see them. So you're you're basically you're basically feeding my Pelicans argument back to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. No, I think like no, I see I see your point. And and funnily enough, I think I made that I think I made that argument about the Hawks heading into last year. It was like, yeah, you know, they're, they're uh, and then, you know, the early season comments about the regular season being boring. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out on this team for now. Um, but yeah, so let's, I think we've, 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 we've frankly covered the bulk of the league. I, let's, let's, let's finish up by talking about some, you know, the, the, the always fun, like I've always been someone who has been looking at like who should win the award. But obviously if we're talking about like, you know, from a more market perspective, it's who will, like, based on kind of historical criteria. And those aren't always the same thing. That's fine. It's like, you know, my my criteria aren't, like, I'm not a voter and I never want to be, so my criteria kind of don't matter. But mm-hmm. that all that being said is preamble. Like, what are what are some of the, you already mentioned you think Luca is, is overvalued from an NB, NB, MVP standpoint. Who are who are some guys you think are, are, are interesting to take a look at and who's someone who is, who maybe isn't uh, discussed enough, who you think, you know, might be worth, uh, worth keeping an eye on. All right. So I'm, I'm going to start this off by saying there's guys that I'll eliminate. Um, okay. Like I was telling, I was telling Bill this on the ringer pod uh, and guys don't win MVP after the age of 30. Like the last MVP to win, the last player to win MVP after the age of 30 was Steve Nash in 2005 and 2006. And if you look at, like, the entire history of the award since, like, the 80s, like, we've had six MVPs in their 30s all come from the 90s. And if you look at the 90s, that's the era where the game kind of slowed down. It was kind of like you saw, like, the lost generation of, of stars. So it's like you had all these older players dominating. So it's like Magic won the MVP in 1990. Hakeem won it in 1994. Jordan won it twice. And Carl Malone won it twice. But other than that, you just haven't had 30-year-old MVPs. So, I mean, that cuts out Kevin Durant. That cuts out Steph Curry. That cuts out LeBron James. Um, Kawhi's not going to win the award just because... He's not going to play enough. Yeah, he's not going to play enough. So it's just like you have all this this low-management stuff going on, and that kind of kills the award. Um, one of the guys that I actually liked last year, and I think I was a year or two early on it, was Jason Tatum. And I think Boston's slow start to the season kind of killed me 
because if he he put I think he was like twenty eight points per game and five and, and five. And if he does that for the entire year, with Boston being one of the best teams we've ever seen over like a three month span, he's probably in that contention. So I think you can kind of look at him this year. I think he was I was a, a year too early. I think Joel Embiid is always going to be there, but you always have to worry about the injury risk. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo was always going to be there because he's always going to have the numbers, but it's just a matter of voter fatigue. Yeah, I think the, I think from a narrative perspective, I think you 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 picked you're the first two guys you named are guys who probably have some sort of narrative tailwinds, you know, at their back. Like, okay, you know, Tatum almost got there last year and had a disappointing finals and he's, he's, so he's come back, you know, better than ever. And like, you know, but whether this is true or not, who knows? It's more just this, like, you know, the MVP is as much about storytelling as it is about like achievements. And then MB's like, well, you know, he had a strong argument the last two years and, and, you know, and a lot of people thought he should have. And it's like, okay, though, those people are wrong, but like, okay, a lot of people thought he should. So maybe it's like. If he if he runs the same season back, it's, is it his turn? Like you know, trying to imagine how good Jokic would have to be this year to win the MVP. Kind of like how good uh, Giannis would have had to have like the, the last year, Jokic's first MVP year to win like his third straight. And, it, and yeah. so that like so I, so from from that standpoint, those are two guys who are who are set up. Um, quite like I so I wanted to question for you is. Um, and this has come up a lot in the Jokic Embiid kind of discussion, is there has been a current of, okay, uh, one of the big selling points was Jokic plays every game and Embiid doesn't. And a lot of people were like, you know, a, a fair number of people were a little bit, so what? So I'm wondering as like the load management has become normalized, is like, does a guy who's only going to play 70 games, is that actually going to hurt him as much? If Steph plays 70 games at the level where he played, you know, the first... I don't know. Basically, up until mid-December last year, whenever he kind of, I think when he was about to break the the all-time three-point record, he kind of hit a rough patch as that kind of took over. But like that first like six, eight weeks of the season where he was, you know, incandescent. If he does that over seventy games, like that's like, is that someone who can win the MVP, or is it, or the fact that he's missed, you know, twelve, fourteen, fifteen games going to prevent it? My fault. I keep breaking up no worries doing it the whole no worries time. i was but, uh, yeah but i think i think there's a certain threshold and i think it's around i think i mean 70 games i, I don't think voters are holding that against you like i don't i mean unless you have like a sure. a, a cold streak i don't I, or you just you kind of get injured for like the last month of the season i don't think they're holding that against you but i think when, when you get into the 60 games range that's when Okay, yeah. this guy played eighty-two games, and this guy played sixty. That's when you're hurt by it. I think Embiid was on track to win the MVP the year before last, but he only played fifty-one games. So it's just like at that point, you kind of you can't give it to, you you can't give it to somebody who played fifty-one games. Like you're missing <laughs> a large part of the season. So I think if you play like over sixty-four, sixty-five games, I, I think you're fine. All right. That's fine. I just, I just wondering if there's like you know, like you said, like these players are maybe load managed out of contention. I'm just wondering if, uh, especially given the the profile of some of those players, if if like either exceptions will start to be made, or if 
adjustments to that to you know to cover the sort of the okay well he's most he's most valuable and they're trying to win a championship so do we care that he didn't play in every back to back I don't know yeah I'm, I'm, a, when I when I think you know when I look back at it what is it um, Jokic played in seventy four games last year played in seventy two the game the year before um, Giannis in his first MVP season he played in seventy two. Harden in his MVP season, he plays 72. So it's just, if you get to that 70-game threshold, I think you're fine. Yeah. Um, so so the, aside from, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned like, Tatum and, and, and Embiid. Um, is there anyone who, like, is there an out-of-nowhere, you know what could happen kind of guy? You know, if, if one was going to say, you know what, what's the guy with, like, crazy long odds who was like, yeah, why not? Ooh. This is tough um, because and I think the reason why this is tough is because you have to like your team has to be historically you have to be a top two seed. Right. And I think that's changing a lot more recently, um, especially over the last two years. And then, you know, with Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook winning the MVP. But other than that, I think we've only had four times where you you've had an MVP winner who wasn't a top two seed. I think it was Michael Jordan in 1988. Russell Westbrook and then Jokic the last couple of years, so so that that re- sort of removes like like a guy you like Ja like I, I'm almost hearing you you would say Ja but since you think that Memphis is taking a step back that kind of takes him off, that 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 takes him off the table yeah that kind of takes him off the table um, I, I want to say like. Anthony Edwards is too young. Anthony okay. Edwards is just, I mean, I think I think he's I think he's going to be the most improved player. And it's just like you would kind of like you you kind of need to average 28 29 points a game to get that MVP. Um No, I I I, 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 almost, I, 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 almost, I don't hate it. I, like it's like Trey could do it. Like if like <laughs> like if there's a long shot, Trey could do it because he's going to have the numbers. No, I don't. I don't. I don't hate these because it's just like okay, like we're gonna. There's, there's going to be a team that we're wrong about and is better. And like you know, I we talked earlier about like needing the narrative behind you. Well, a team that's that that that's 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 always a pretty good narrative, you know. Thing. Look how much better this team is we expected, and this is the guy that's doing it. Yeah. And so like those are like those are those are three like not insane like ideas for for a team that that could be a lot better than we thought and that could put a guy in discussion at least it, it would have to be it would like honestly it would be like Trey or Ja because they're going to they're going to get the numbers that you need and yeah. you know they could like exceed expectations with their teams how good would Minnesota have to be for for Edwards to even like regardless of what he's like what what he does individually like what what threshold does Minnesota have to reach? Like I like, I don't know. I don't even want to speak that into existence because I don't <laughs> love you know putting putting those kind of expectations on 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 players who are you know on track. But at the same time, you know we're we're talking I, like I think the, the flights of fancy issue, here. The biggest issue Edwards would have is that he would get cannibalized by a cat. Yeah, that's that's the biggest issue, and it's just like that's why I can't even like really consider it. But it's just like if I'm looking for long shots, I'm like. I'm really digging at the bottom. I mean, of course, you know, Zion, but Zion's going to get cannibalized by Ingram. 
And I think that's the tough thing. And it's, it's just like you kind of got to have a guy who's putting up huge numbers, but he can't have somebody next to him who's doing just equally as well. That's right. I'm trying to think of, you know, there's also like I, I, I in my mind, it's just like if this Lakers roster somehow gets to like 53 wins or something like that, do we get like a, the old man still got it kind of vote? That's very possible. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's that's very possible. I mean, if the Lakers can turn it around, I mean, it's just LeBron always has a narrative around him. I mean, there 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 is always a narrative around LeBron. That is true. Um, any um, anything else just from a from a team or or a, a, you know that that you that think is. Um, like just sort of a wild card question, like something that you're kind of expecting to see coming coming this season in the NBA. We'll finish on that. Um. Okay. So I gave you Anthony Edwards, most improved player. Um. I, I said I like the Kings over. There was one I got written down. I'm trying to think. I'm expecting the Grizzlies to take a step back, so that's a big one. Um. Let me see. I'm trying to think, what didn't we hit on? Um, we we didn't we didn't talk about the Heat at all. We we didn't talk about the Heat and didn't really talk about the Raptors at all. Those are two uh, like those are actually. I think, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the Warriors take a step back. Okay. I mean, I think they lost. Some, I mean, to me, you're really dependent on. Like, I'm interested to see what the young guys do. Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, I think a lot is dependent on them. Obviously, Gary Payton is gone. Bielitsa is gone. Otto Porter is gone. Wants Toscano Anderson is gone. I mean, you're looking at the big three who is getting older. So it's just yeah. like I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if th- this Warriors team is in that top level tier that people think they are. Do they do they almost have a little bit of the problem the Heat did last year, where if they can get their guys to the playoffs healthy, they're dangerous as hell. The question is, does their roster allow them to give those guys the 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 buffer to get to the playoffs healthy? Yeah, that's, I, that's, I, I, I hadn't considered question. that. I hadn't considered that, and I love and I love that take. I think that's a great one to hear here first. Raheem Palmer says the Warriors suck this year. No, I'm kidding. You, you're um, so funny. I, I was the biggest Warriors hater last year. I did not see it. I didn't. I went. I went on. I went on Bay Area radio right before the season started and predicted that they would be a play-in team last year. <laughs> oh, you were worse than me. So, so you know, let's 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 uh, like I you know, oops. Uh, <laughs> But, I went to I went to Game Five of Grizzlies Warriors. I sat courtside. I bet on the Grizzlies, which that was a the game they won by like sixty. And I I actually met the Warriors ownership group. I, I spoke to Joe Laker. We were sitting there back there talking about sneakers, and I asked them, "Are you scared of anybody?" And they said, "No." I said, "Boston is going to beat y'all in the finals." <laughs> and I thought I was going to be right up until what was it, Game Four? Where, um, the Celtics are up seven yeah. and completely blew it. So, yeah, I probably that's a, like the Warriors. Yeah, well, that's a, like that that four minute stretch of the fourth quarter. Like I, I said it as it happened. 
the Celtics have got to be like from like seven minutes to three minutes left in that game where the Celtics kind of could have put that series away and didn't. It's like they've got to, they have to have been replaying that all yeah. summer. Yeah. You know, Grant Williams, all right. he said, he said, um, I guess before we end, but Grant Williams said yeah. he felt like they were, the, he felt like the Celtics were the better team, but the Warriors were the more experienced team. And I, I truly believe that. I think I think you know Pete, he got he got a lot of crap for that take, but I, I see what he's saying, and I, I I I you know he's wrong, but he's not wrong. Like no, they, like them being yeah. a more experienced team is why they're the why they're the better team. But I see what you're saying, and I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, you know I, I I gotta get you out of here in, in a second, but I th- thanks a lot for coming on. You could uh, quick plug for where people can find you before I, before I let you get out of here. Um, you can find me on the Ringer Gambling Show. Um, that's on Spotify, all your podcast apps. Um, my in, my Twitter and Instagram is I am Rostradamus. That's I am Rostradamus. Um, you can find me on there. I'll be doing podcasts all year long on the Ringer Gambling Show. Uh, 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 occasionally, I pop up on the Bill Simmons Show, um, and we just you know I talk NBA, NFL, a little boxing here and there. We're gonna be covering the Anthony Joshua fight next week. Um, he fights you sick. Um, but we, we got NFL previews going on right now. We're doing all the divisions, breaking down the best bets for every team in every division. Um, we're going to have some NBA stuff coming up soon. Um, but right now it's just getting ready for the NFL season and then all these big boxing fights that we have coming up. I think Canelo is fighting GGG, so we'll be covering that as well. Awesome. Well, th- thank you so much for coming back on, uh, folks. Thanks, thanks for listening. If you're okay. If you are catching up after the fact uh, on Monday, uh, I have, I'm going to be back with uh, with Caitlin Cooper, who wrote a, uh, a pretty wonderful uh, analysis of of Tyrese Halliburton's uh, jump passing ability, which is which is perfect off season super nerd content. And so I'm going to get get into that with Caitlin on uh, Monday afternoon. So uh, thanks for listening and talk to you all then. Take care.